because you haven't seen anything yet. Get ready because God is good. Get ready because God is a provider. Get ready because he is coming again. Amen. Get ready. Like if there's anything you know about Jamaicans. Jamaicans, when there are big events coming up, Jamaicans love to get ready. Jamaican know they know how to prepare for good big stuff. Like like some of the biggest stuff in Jamaican's life is when they are going to the embassy for the first time. Jamaicans know how to get ready. They get up early. They, they reach there. I mean they don't I mean they're not told exactly what time the appointment is, except it is in the afternoon and they are up there like at four o'clock in the morning. And they, they used to sit where the original embassy place with that up in New Kingston. What was that? Oxford Road is called? Is Oxford Road? Yes. And they used to wait over the parking lot across the road. And, and buy tea over there and drink. And Jamaica know how to get ready. I'm telling you. When it comes on to going to foreign for the first time, Jamaicans know how to get ready. Because they don't tell nobody. They hit you by surprise. Right? And, and, and you see them buying suitcase, what you're doing? No, 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 man, no, man, no, man. And then pack the suitcase, and then a week before they leave, they pull out the suitcase, and then pack it again, and then say, boy, I want them to have this Merkel. I went time to go over there, Auntie Merkel, you had me, I go stay and make sure me carry a little pepper for your. Auntie, I want them to allow pepper. Jamaicans know how to get ready. When Jamaicans going away, no, man, I mean, hey, Jamaican, you have your passport? You have it, keep it in your hand, you know? You understand me? Hey, you, you call the taxi man and say, Hey, brother, make sure you get here. You better come stay me here tonight. Because me no want to reach out the airport late. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, they say you must get here three hours. Jamaicans get here nine hours before. Just in case anything. Just in case the plane decides to go leave early. I want to be there. Jamaicans know how to get ready. But you know what Jamaicans don't prepare for? Death. And Jamaicans fail to prepare for the coming of the Lord. God is saying that we need to get ready. So let me ask you, are you ready? Are you ready for the Lord's coming? Let me ask you the next question. Are you ready for what God is going to do? Here's what. You can call me a false prophet. I'm okay with that. But let me give you a truth. Even if I'm a false prophet, this is one thing I'm sure about. I am sure that Jesus is coming again. Here's the second thing I'm sure. That at some point, we are going to die. I'm also sure that nobody knows when they're going to die. And here's the thing. I am also sure where I am going when I die. But I don't know about you. So I have got myself ready. And I'm going to stay Ready. If you are not ready for what God is going to do in 2021, it's going to pass you. Because we as a people are very reactive instead of being proactive. Imagine with me, just, just imagine with me for 30 seconds if we had created a vaccine before the pandemic. But what happened? There's always... A virus, and then after the virus, we create. And by that time, many people die. Right? Imagine if the potholes were fixed before you jumped in it. Imagine what would happen if, if the government were proactive instead of reactive. 
Imagine if we were proactive about what God is going to do. Every time we come to a transition in life, if you're not ready, you miss what happens in the transition. Isaiah says it. He says it this way. Do you not perceive it? Behold, a new thing what springs forth. It didn't say it might happen. There's a new thing happening. And here's what happened. It happens and many people don't experience it because they were not ready for it. I believe that there are many who are going to miss what God is doing in 2021 because they were just not ready. So I want to help all of us this morning to be ready for whatever is going to happen in 2021. I can't tell you what it is. But I know some are going to die, some are going to survive, and some are going to be living. I will either die or I will be living. I will not be surviving. Surviving is just barely making it. But my God is moving me from barely making it to living. Living in his grace, living in his joy, living in his peace, living in his hope. And that's available to every single one of us in here. The children of Israel had a transition in the same way. Theirs was just 430 years. Ours is a little less. We're transitioning from, from zero to one. It's upgrade. So last year was a nothing year. It ended with zero. This year started with one. We have something to work with. Come on, tell anybody. At least this year, we have something to work with. So get ready. Amen. Last year, you started with zero. And look what the Lord has done. This year, you get one. Imagine what God is going to do. Get ready. Amen. Our text this morning, uh, the title for the sermon is, is very simple. You must know by now. It is? Get ready. There you go. Amen. Come on, just stand with me this morning. We're going to read Joshua chapter 3. Uh, read the first couple of verses. Just lift your Bibles up. Joshua chapter 3. Let me give you a couple of seconds to find that. Amen. Joshua chapter 3. Just lift your Bibles up and say with me that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive, my ears are opened, and I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me read uh, a few verses for you. Read up to verse uh, 10. It says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Achaia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go 
after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not move near it, do not come near it, sorry, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the the living God is among you, and that he will, without fail, Drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jubiasites. And if there were any more sites, they would have been taken out of sight. Amen. That, that is not in there, but just in case. Just in case any more sites. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for thy word. For thy word is truth. We are ready to get ready for what you are about to do. We don't know what it looks like or what it feels like. But we have no fear for thou art with us. Open our eyes this morning to see your truth. Open our ears to hear your voice, our minds to understand your word, and our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. Lord, we want to be more than mere hearers of your word, but do us also. Pray that your Holy Spirit will fill every heart in this place, that the spirit of every man will be transformed and reconnect with the spirit of the living God, and that you will reveal yourself in a new way before us this morning, that we may know you. We bless you and thank you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Get ready, get ready. Powerful time. You'd you'd, uh, remember that Moses had passed and Joshua was the new leader. And you can think, uh, just imagine how uncertain the people were in terms of hearing this this, this young guy, not really young, but a but, um, young leader, though he wasn't young in age, coming up and giving them instructions. They have not seen him work miracles, signs, and wonders as God did through Moses. And so there must have been a lot of uncertainty. They didn't know what was ahead of them. And probably this was the hardest part of the journey because they were about now to engage in fight with people, physical fight, to conquer and possess what was theirs. And they may be saying to themselves, how can we trust you to go forward? It's almost similar to what we are in. Having gone through the pandemic or or going through this pandemic and 2020 was just such a tough year at every level, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, um, socially, uh, uh, just in every 
single way. And so many of us just had some experiences that we never thought would have experienced. And some dealt with it well, some did not. Some of us are just overcoming. Some of us are just coming out. Some of us are still stuck. And some of us are waiting to be released. I mean, just different places we are. But here it is that they came to a place where they had to make a move. And we are at a point in our life that we need to be ready to make a move. We must be ready to make a move. Because like them, we are at our transition point. And what we do next determines what happens next in our lives. Look around. Because anyone you see today may not be here the first Sunday of 2022. It is possible. Amen? Amen. So for every challenge that God gives us, there, is always, there will always be a corresponding obstacle to challenge our faith. Every time God comes up with something good, something new, every time God presents something to you, a promise or a plan, there is always something else that comes up, some obstacle to challenge your faith. It's almost as if that until you start to do, until you begin to move in alignment with God, you don't see certain opposition, you don't see certain problems. Have you ever felt that way? That the moment I decide that I was going to get serious with my walk, it's like I've begun to walk in the problems. You begin to see troubles and trials and temptations. Obstacles begin to come in your way. Everything was a bed of roses. And all of a sudden you decide, in this moment, I'm going to take this thing serious. And your bed of roses turn into a bed of thorn. What a life. But as followers of Jesus, it is imperative to identify the challenge we face and then make a choice. What is the choice? The choice is move forward in faith and overcome the challenge or choose to sit back and simply stay where we are, where it is comfortable and safe. And so we have that challenge today. And the choice we have is either we will sit back and reflect and reminisce on 2020 and live in the 2020, live in the goddess of 2020 instead of the goddess of 2021. We can look back at all of those things and be stuck in the failures of 2020. Stuck in the, in, in the disappointments of 2020. Or we can take a step of faith and overcome the present challenges and move into what God is getting us ready for. For Joshua and the Israelites, the obstacle that flowed between them and the promised land of blessing was the Jordan River. The Jordan River was designed to take people down. That's its purpose. And so here it is that today, all of us sitting in this room are standing before our Jordan River. The children of Israel could begin to fight. They could finally begin to take possession of the land. Possession of the land. Once this major hurdle was crossed. In other words, here it is that their promises are here. And all their life, they have been living on the opposite side of their promise. Now, there is only one major obstacle before them. Before they move into their promise. And I believe that's the place that we are at today. 
that there's a major obstacle before all of us before we can finally possess the things that God has stored up for us. The promises that he has made. So the stakes were high. There was no turning back. They could not turn back at this point. They had come so far. It was almost impossible. Don't it feel like that? Boy, I can't even go back now. Some of us can't even remember what our, our back looked like. Because we have come so far from where we were. So it wouldn't make sense for us to go back. Because, I mean, that back is... I don't, I'm not familiar with it anymore. They, they were at a place where after almost 40 years, they got so unfamiliar with the past that it made no sense for them to go back. Don't it feel like that sometimes? I, I, I can't go back because what am I going to go back to? Behind them was a vast wasteland of the desert, barren mountains. They endured 40 painful years of God's discipline and now it was time to move on. Come on, come on, come on. Just say, it's time to move on. Look at the neighbor and say to them, it is time to move on. This is the time for us to get ready because it's time to move on. It's time to move on from some things, move on from some situation. It's time to move on from some people. This is the place where some people get left behind. Where some things get left behind, where some kind of thinking get left behind, where some hard stuff get left behind, where some family stuff get left behind. This is the point in life, we're at the season in our lives, it's called 2021, where we will have to make a decision to move on from some things or stay with them and have them kill us. That's the choice. It's time to move on. And if you're not moving, I'm leaving. And listen, I am moving on. I don't know about you. You can stay, but I know. As for me and my house, we are going across. This, for the children of Israel, was just as significant a time as when they stood on the banks of the Red Sea. On the banks of the Red Sea, they had this choice. They were standing in the Red Sea. They were, they were, this was going to end 430 years of slavery. And they had the choice. Do we turn back? Or do we trust God? And step in faith. And go across this Red Sea. Standing on the banks of the, the River Jordan. 40 years of wilderness existence was ending. The end of 40 years of walking in a circle. Going nowhere fast. The end of striving. And never arriving. The end of walking by sight. The end of independent living. The end of never being assured of victory over the enemy. The end of being constantly reminded of past failures. The end of fear. The end of self-centered existence. Where life was all about them. This was marking an end. And for us today, this is marking an end. This is, a, listen, it is over. And you have to, listen, come on, come on, just, just say it to me. Say, say it, is, it is over. I don't know what the, it is for you, but it's time for you to look that thing in the eye and say, listen, it is over. I am moving on. It is over. This moment of transition would change Israel from a wandering nation to a settled nation. 
from a people living in a hope of a promise to a people living in possession of the promise. No longer was it, boy, I hope that God will. But now I'm living in the God will. And that is what is happening in 2021. It's time to move from just hoping to living in it. I'm not hoping for my blessing. This year I'm going to live in my blessing. I'm not just hoping for healing. This year I'm living in my healing. I'm not hoping to prosper. I'm living in my prosperity. I'm not hoping for peace. I'm living in my peace. This is the year when I go beyond hope to actually live in in the promise. But before the land could be conquered, there was this impossible river to be crossed. Before you can move from hoping for it to living in it, there is a river to be crossed. And only those who cross the river can move from hoping for it to living in it. It was a barrier that could not be wished away. It could not be named away. It could not be claimed away. You couldn't just, oh, I I just wish that this would go. I just wish that this would pass. You couldn't be, okay, I claim it, I name it, and I claim it. No, 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 no. This is where the talking stops and the action starts. This was no ordinary Jordan. You see, because normally the Jordan was a small uh, winding tributary about 30 feet wide and 6 feet deep. At its maximum point. So at its maximum it was 30 feet wide. And 6 feet deep. But in the spring. When the snows from Mount Hermon melted. The river would transform. Into a surging wall of water. Up to 30 feet deep. At its maximum point. So this was no ordinary situation. It's like listen. The Jordan that we're talking about is the 2020 that we just finished. It was no ordinary year. Like, troubles were normal. Our troubles were normally six feet deep. But they multiplied by five in 2020. Just like how the Jordan size increased times five. So it seemed like our problems increased times five. In 2020. But I always tell people. If your problem look big. Your miracle going to look better. Amen. Isn't that how it works. Listen. The bigger your problem. Is the bigger the God. That we serve is going to look. The bigger the glory he's going to get. So I don't worry about the size of my problem. I begin to rejoice. In how great the miracle is going to look. Amen. Isn't that how it works. So sometimes when you want to see a big miracle. You need to say give me a big problem. Hallelujah. Yeah, you see, some of us want big miracle, but your problem too small. You don't have no problem yet. You want big, mighty move of God. You need to have a big, mighty mountain. Your Jordan need to, yeah, the depth of your Jordan need to be, increase. So you can see the power of your God in your life. Amen. It has been said. That a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. One step. All it takes sometimes is for you to make one move. One step. And that one step could change your life forever. One step of faith could change your life forever. And the step is usually, 
the first step is usually the most fearful. Do you realize that? Like, the first thing is the thing that drives the most fear into us. The, the first time I, I used to play football, and the first time I was taking a penalty. You know that penalty is when it's you and the goalkeeper alone. I was, I was terrified. But yes, the moment I walked up and I stepped up with some confidence and I knocked that into the back of the net. You see, after that, when penalty came, I said, Coach, give it to me. Because them keeper, I can't save it. See, all I needed was just, just, just to make the first step. And all of a sudden, when I, when I made the first step, hallelujah, the courage came. Listen, right now, we have been held back because we have been afraid of making the first step. It's the most fearful, especially when that first step means stepping into a deep river whose swift current could sweep you away in an instant. It's the first step it's hard when you're looking at the thing that is in front of you, it can kill you. It's not easy. But in the Christian life, you have to understand this. You're either an overcomer or you are overcome. A victor or a victim. It means you're either operating in fear or you're operating in faith. You see, overcomers operate in faith. Those who get overcome operate in fear. Victors operate in faith. Those who are victims operate in fear. And what is separating you now from what God is bringing you into is either your fear or your faith. The difference is the choice you make. Whether you will move forward in faith and overcome the obstacle that stands between you and God's plans, God's promise, and God's provision for your life. Or will you choose to listen to the voice of fear that says, go back to where it is more comfortable and safe. Fear always tell you that. Fear always says, stay where you are. Do what you have always done. Be who you have always been. There's, listen, you can't. Fear always says, there's no way you're going to make it. You can't do this. Stay. Listen, there are some of you who need to move on from some persons. And fear said to you, how are you going to survive? The God says, listen, fear not. I am with you. You see, some of you, you can step out of the job because you have this fear that, oh, Lord, how am I going to pay the rent? The Lord says, I will supply all your needs. He is a provider for every fear you have. God has an answer for it. Listen, and God is saying, when fear is trying to hold you back, look fear in the face and say, fear not. God is with me. He promised that he'd never leave you, nor forsake you. He says, wherever you make your bed, there he will be with you. You need not fear. God be for me. Who can be against me? I have no fear because Christ is here. He's on the inside of me. And fear is just false evidence appearing real. It no real. It's a shadow. God is the real deal. But what does the Jordan represent for you and for me today? You see, if Egypt rep represents the world and the long exclusion in the desert represents the discipline every one of us experience, then the Jordan this morning represents the full surrender of our lives to the call to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. What is the Jordan we're speaking of? The Jordan is the place where we come to full surrender of our lives. To the call to be fully devoted followers of, of Jesus. 
This is where, it is this year we're going to know who are for God and who are for themselves. It is this year we're going to tell those who are ready for God and those who are ready, who are not ready. It is this year we will tell those who are fully surrendered and devoted to God and those who are not. It is a year like this when God is about to do some new things that we will know if you are really devoted. Because being really devoted means that I'm fully surrendered. In short, it is dying to self. It is dying to our own agendas. It is dying to fleshy desires and egos. And it opens up the door to a new life of intimacy with God. You see, we must die to ourselves in order to have victory over sin and live for Christ. Let me say that again. For you to live for Christ, for you to live in victory, you must die to self. Real life begins at the dead life. When, when you are dead, then you begin to live. When you are dead, I know that. Because, here's the thing, my best reactions is when I am dead and Christ lives through me. If, if you experience my reaction, when I'm reacting to your hate on me, you're not going to like it. Because me is going to hate back on you. But when I die and Christ lives through me, then when you hate on me, then love comes out on you. So real life begins when we die. We don't start living to, for Christ until we are dead to self. That's what it means. Well, well, pastor, you are talking things in the Bible. You are coming up with your own theory and your own ideas. All right? The Bible says that our testimony should be. This, this is Paul. You don't have to believe me. Believe Paul. Because I was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I have been inspired by Paul's writing. So you can take it directly from Paul, right? Here's what Paul says. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. He says, but Christ lives in me. He says, the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What Paul says, I have been what? Crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Paul is saying that everything you see coming out of me is no longer me. And that is the most effective me. My best life is when Christ lives through me. Your best life is not when you live. It's when Christ lives through you. Amen. See, see, once the Israelites stepped into the Jordan, there would be no turning back to the wanderings of the wilderness. They were, going, they, they were moving onward towards the, the land of promise and the provision in God's purpose. But it meant full surrender of their wills and their lives into God's hand. No matter what. And each of us must come to our own Jordan at some point in our lives. And I believe we're there now. What did Joshua command Israel, command Israel to do? As they're about to set foot into the Jordan and move into their promise. What must we do as we move forward into God's plan for our lives? 
So I'm going to give you three things that he instructed them. He said, listen, for this transition in your life, you need to do these three things. I believe if we take those three things and apply them to this transition period in our lives, we will experience God's best. So get ready for them. Number one, number one, the first thing you have to do in this time of transition is to prepare your heart. Come on, come on, say with me, prepare your heart. Your heart must be ready. Amen. It means that everything corrupt and nasty and dirty and stink and smell bad supposed to come out of your heart. Who will see God? Those who have what? Clean hands and a pure heart. Amen. Creating me a clean heart. The first place it begins. Getting ready begins. Not with having on Jupe are having on cold David of cold water or, or um, some of them expensive cologne. I don't even know all of them. White diamond the ladies use. Are they too old? I don't know. Are, are the men use gray flannel same way? Amen. Amen. Well, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. No matter how good you smell, if your heart stinks, brother or sister, nothing don't change. Listen. Listen. The best. Listen. The best. Bath and body works can clean up your heart. Amen. Amen. So the first thing, like how many of us? Maybe I should ask. You don't have to. You, listen, you don't, you don't have to put up your hand. But how many of us? No, let me say it this way. All of us had a shower this morning before we came to church. As cold as the time is. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> So we had that answer. Uh, let leave this answer. right. But here, here's the thing, because we know that for our public appearance, how we smell and how we look is very important. Amen. For our private, so I'm going to call our private appearance how we look before God. That is just as important to take care of. In the same way we take care of how we prepare for our public appearance. Because men look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. The first thing we have to do is to prepare our heart. So the Bible says that Joshua rose up early in the morning and with the nation set up camp at the edge of the Jordan where they spent three days preparing for a miracle. The people were given instruction as how they were to spiritually prepare for the next act of faith. Let me say it this way. If you have to prepare spiritually before you can see what God is going to do in faith. Amen. Amen. The scripture says in verse 5, consecrate yourself. Amen. Come on, come on. Just, just say it to me. Consecrate yourself. One more time. Say, consecrate yourself. One more time, consecrate yourself. Don't consecrate your husband. Don't consecrate your wife. Don't consecrate your son. Don't consecrate your daughter. Consecrate yourself. Why, why, why? For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. In other words, before, before wonders comes consecration. Before signs and wonders and miracles and great moves of God, there is a need for us to consecrate ourselves. If the Israelites expect the Lord to fight for them, 
They needed to put away greed and pride and the sin that would hold them back. But probably the greatest sin lurking in their lives was fear. This was a great time of fear for them. Because now Moses had died. The feeling that Joshua may have misunderstood God's direction. Or that God would allow them to go through more grief than they were able to bear. Consecrate yourself. Or sanctify yourself. People are supposed to accept what God has said at face value. You don't see it, just, just believe it, man. And if you're going to believe it, your heart must be right. Because your heart shapes what you believe. The state of your heart determines the state of your faith. If your heart is fearful, your faith is weak. If your heart of hate, your faith is wrong. The state of your heart determines the state of your faith. If your heart is messed up, your faith is messed up. So the first place we need to begin in 2021, if you want to have strong faith, is to have a strong heart. And a stronger heart don't mean you drink whole for jelly. Or you take immunogizer, that's what they call it. No, that's not it. A strong heart comes when your heart has been consecrated. It means that you have removed all the people who are not supposed to be in there from out of there. You remove all the garbage that you have in there out. All of the stuff, all of the broken heart and all of of the messed up junk that is in there. You have have to get out the garbage so God's glory can come in. Amen. Amen. Joshua married the people. Then he said to them in in verse 9 to 10, he says, This is how you will know that the living God is among you, that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Periazites, the Gergashites, the Amorites, and the Jubasites. The living God would prove that he was among them, but they needed to be ready. Until they were consecrated, they would not know God. Until you are consecrated, you will not know God. They needed to be ready. Come on, tell anybody, get ready. Get ready. Come on, come on, say to them, clean up your heart and come. You see, one of the misbeliefs that Christians are, that whole Christians back is the idea that we have to be perfect before we attempt anything for God. So this morning, I'm not telling you that you have to be perfect. I'm telling you that you need to go to God and say, God, create in me a clean heart. God does not call us to be perfect today, but he does call us to perfection. And that is a moment by moment and a day by day. He does not call us to, he does, however, call us to surrender each part of our lives as he reveals those areas and and sins that would hold us back. And so what God is saying is that, I, I, I know you're not perfect today, but as I begin to show you stuff, fix up that part, shape up that part. You have a new year now. Don't make the devil get you to sin the same old way. It means, change. Move on. Move on from that sin. Move on from that sin, man. Come on. Amen? It's time to move on from some things. It's time to change. Why why is it so important? Listen, it's like the devil keep using the same bait to catch you. So put some worm and some tin mackerel and sardine on on, on, on the line and chew it out. From your 16, you might use the same Worm and tin mackerel and sardine. 
That don't make any sense. Tell the devil, say, listen, devil, a nonsense this. I want some jerk chicken now. If you are going yeah, to some ox tail and some lobster, if you are going to trick me, put some better meat on the bait. Let me tie a tin mackerel and sardine. You understand me? Make, make him raise up the steak. Listen, you're not going to trick me with them worm and them sardine and tin mackerel. Give me, listen, I, 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 I pray that somebody will stop the same sin we're struggling with for 10 years. Try a different one. If you, if you have to sin, try a different one. Yeah, if you, if you have no control over it, just try a different one. But at least stop doing that one. I mean, the devil have us bound to it. The devil try to tempt you anymore. You just do it. In, in them we try anything. In them but I give you the, in just listen, in just care what you see and leave. Yeah, you're just you're just jumping. One of the last things Moses said to Israel was that they would conquer the land bit by bit, as not to be discouraged or overrun by wild animals. The Christian life is like that. We're experiencing change day by day. Month by month, year by year. So here's my, one of my promises that. You see what I struggled with last year? I have to overcome. Amen? I cannot have the same anger last year, this year. Yeah? You understand? Come on, say, say change. Say, I am changing. Amen. Listen, the Bible puts it this way. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. As the light of God's word works in our hearts, we become more and more aware of what needs to change so that we can be more like Jesus. Much like the sun that shines on on an iceberg that melts away what is on the outside so that what is beneath uh, shines through. And that is how God uh, uh, transforms us. The, the light of God's word shine, shine on us and burn away what is on the outside so the real stuff can come out. So the first step in the process is preparing your heart by surrendering your life and your will to God's. If you are going to experience, the scripture says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. God is going to do wonders among you. If you want to experience those wonders, you have to consecrate yourself. You have to prepare your heart. And that preparation is surrender to the Lord. The second thing you have to do is that you have to focus your eyes. Your eyes can't be all over the place. You have to focus. Come on, tell the person, just got them and say, focus. Tell them, do not look at me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Come on, come on. People, you have to tell people, take your eyes off me and put your eyes on Jesus. You have, to fo- you have to focus your eyes. If you want to experience what God is going to do, every time God is about to do something, he talks about removing the skills from people's eyes. Are they not being able to perceive it? Because too often God is working and people are not seeing it because your eyes are on different things. And so the Lord says, seek first the kingdom of God. God and his righteousness. He says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. He says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. We need to focus on God. 
Joshua gives specific instruction to the children of Israel, the leaders of Israel. And they were to follow the Ark of the Covenant that would be carried by the priests through the riverbed. You see, the people were to be careful to maintain a distance. In the scripture, you remember that, of about half a mile from the Ark. So that as many as possible could see it. In other words, all the scripture is saying is that the Ark needs to be so far so that every single person could see it for themselves. Do you get it? Do you, I hope you get it. I hope you get it. I don't want to tell you. I hope you get it. Everyone needed to consecrate their heart, right? It says, consecrate yourself. Then everyone need to individually see the ark. Amen? What was the ark? The ark was the physical representation of God's presence. In other words, everybody by themselves had to fix their eyes on God's presence. The people, watch this, when they followed the ark, they were in essence following God. They weren't following Joshua. They weren't following the Levites. They were following the ark. And the ark was God's presence. It's time for you to stop following people and follow the presence of God. It means that when God is on the move, I am on the move. When God says go, I am going. I am keeping my eyes focused on God. Me not watch the one in your pastor. Um, listen, me not want to watch me. So don't watch me. You, you understand me? I'm not watching me. So don't watch me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on the presence of God. Because he is going to help you to navigate the potholes, navigate the hurdles, navigate the storms, navigate the fires, navigate the floods. Keep your eyes on him. As Israel followed the ark, they were following God. You see, to focus on God is always necessary. But now in Israel's history, it was so, so important because they were embarking on a new adventure. They had never been here before. How many of you have been in 2021 before? Let me tell you, man. This is a year like no other. We have never been in a 2021 before. Like, none of us were here in 1921. Or 1821. Or 1721. All the 21s that happened, we were not around. This is the first 21. Don't it? In the first 21. Uh, I mean, I don't know, unless you're mutating. <laughs> We're here. But, but this is the first. So we have never been this way before. So here's this instructions. Verse 3 and 4. When you see the, the Le- Levitical priest carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your position and follow them. Come on, tell the person. Move out from your position. Come on, say Yes, yes, yes. Here's it go. When God move in, it's time for you to move out from your position and follow God. Move out. It's time to move out from your position. Move out. Be separate and begin to focus on God. Verse 4. I love it. It says, since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. The Spirit of God is needed to guide us because we have never been this way before. Many people are going to get lost because they must follow blind. Listen, don't follow me. Don't wear glasses. I'm, I'm serious. I've gotten lost so many times. 
I wish that cars had GPS. So you know what I decide to do? I just go places that I know. Because I, like in, I don't like to get lost. Huh, son, me? So like certain parishes I don't go in. You can't get me to go St. Elizabeth. I, I'm not going because I don't know it. But say me go Kingston. I will go anywhere because I know it. You see, St. Anne, I stay from Ocherius, Brownstone, Runaway Bay. I stay on the main. I don't turn off. Because I don't like getting lost. All right? But if I have somebody who know the way, I relax. I don't try to give them direction. But I not fall asleep, you know. <laughs> because I don't I like, to, I like to see where I'm going. You understand me? Like, that is why I don't try to sit in the, in, in, in the cockpit when I travel in the plane, you know. No, I sit in the cabin. Because I trust the, <laughs> I trust, I trust the pilot that he's going to stop at the right bus stop. <laughs> yeah, but you have never you need the Lord to guide you and if you try to go here and you have never been there you are going to get lost that is why places have tour guides when you are a tourist and let me help you on this earth we are tourists this is not listen, you don't come from earth you are an alien you are passing through you are a tourist and tourists need a tour guide Jesus is our tour guide the problem is that some of us don't think we are tourists we buy property here so we turn resident in a place that we're supposed to be vacationing and say here's what happened we get to know everywhere that was not God's intent God's intent were you for you to operate like a tourist and then when you're time ready to go home he takes you home but you start Bilal Mansion and buy property you, 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 you getting me? Come on, just say, I am a tourist. <laughs> Israel was ex- no Israelite was expected to forge your own path. They were only to go where God was leading them. Similar to Israel. The Bible says as followers of Jesus, we are called to run the race of faith. Our race is not a hundred yard sprint. It is a lifetime marathon. And at times, we get tired and discouraged. We are tempted to give up and to give in. And so the Bible gives us this encouragement in Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Come on, come on, touch yourself and say, this year, I'm stripping off everything that weighs me down and slows me down. Yeah. You need to know what those things are. If it's a female, get rid of her. If it's a male, get rid of her. Listen, if it's a mindset, get rid of it. If it's money weighing you down, (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. Amen. Somebody just say, Pastor, don't say that one. Don't say that, Pastor. I'm not going to. Then it says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. The Bible tells us there are certain sins that trip us up easily. The Bible is saying that we need to get rid of them. 2021 is the year to strip yourself of that sin that easily trip you up. For some of us, it is lying. 
For some of us, it is gossip. For some of us, it is bad mind. For some of us, it is envy. For some, it is fornication. For some, it is adultery. For some of us, it is stealing. Whatever it is, the Bible says we need to strip ourselves of it. And then it says, when you finally do that, you'll be able to run with endurance. The race God has set before you. Unless you do that, you're going to be struggling in the race that is set before you. It says, how do we do this? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion. That's why you can't look at your neighbor. You can't look at them and say, but them are doing too. You can't look at them and say, but look what them are. No, no, no. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding it's shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Some translation says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. These words are words of salvation. They are words of encouragement. They are words of direction. They are words of, for, for daily living. So let me ask you, who are you looking to? Who are you looking to? Everyone is looking to someone or something. Who or what are you looking to? It may be that you're looking to some individual who seems to have all the answers. Or maybe you're looking to yourself. Maybe you're holding on to things. Maybe it's a bank account, house, career, your marriage. Whatever the things are. You may feel afraid because you have never gone this direction before. It's all strange and you new. You wonder how you should even try. Does God know what he's doing? Let me help you. God never sends his people anywhere but that he arises here ahead of them to prepare the way. Listen, the only reason why God is here is because in reverse. Let me tell you what, what I mean. It means that for, for God, 2021 is already done. And he just, for your sake and my sake, he came back to the beginning with us. In other words, he, have, he has gone through every moment of 2021 already. Long time. And he has put it in history. And he says, alright, no, it's already in history. But for your story, I'm going to go back through it with you. So he's living in reverse. Amen? You know like you drive a car and you pass the place. You reverse? Yeah. You understand me? God reverse so that he would catch up back with you and bring you through what he has gone through before. So he has experience of the path you're going to travel. Hallelujah. Amen. It means that you don't have to fall in the pothole because he saw the pothole when he went through it. Listen, you don't have to give up because he knows where the next gestation is where you can refill. Because he stopped there and now he's back. You, you understand me? God, the tour guide, went on the tour before and he's bringing you on it. You're a tourist. Come on now. Listen, listen. Christ would never expect us to cross a river that he himself has not already successfully crossed. The reason why you have to cross the Jordan is because God crossed the Jordan. I want you to picture this in the scripture because the people did not go before the God. God went across before the people. Wherever God is planning and taking you, God has been. 
He's a God that has been there and done that. And now he's back. Don't leave out that part. He has been there and he has done that and now he's back. It's like this man wrote. He says, everything he asks us to do is based on what he has already done. It is following a path that already has his footprints. Amen? There is no river that God expects you to cross, but that God has already crossed it. And we begin with Jesus on the journey, and he stays ahead of us to the end. And our greatest challenge is to keep our eyes focused on him. And with our eyes squarely focused on Jesus, we can take the next step, which is to walk with your feet. Now I know this don't make any sense to all my English majors, but, but we walk with the feet, right? Amen? Walk with your feet. But a lot of people do their walking with their mouth. Them talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. I, 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 hallelujah. Amen. That's how, you know that a lot of people make a lot of noise, but don't do anything. How many of you made some resolutions in 2020? Put up your hand. You are, you are some of those persons because you never do it. You said that you were going to go to the gym. How many of you said that, boy? You know, this year, this year we're going to plan, I plan to work out. Amen. You were walking with your mouth. You didn't walk with your feet because you didn't do one day of workout. You, you know what I mean, right? Come on. How many of you made a resolution in 2020 that you were going to go and work out? Are you going to lose some weight? Are you, you, you know, I, I, love, I love people, you know. At the end of the year, they say, man, I can't believe it. I, put on, I can't believe it. Whoa. I wonder how this happened. I, I know, I know at 2020, I said I wanted to lose some weight. I put on 10 pounds. How that, how that happened? <laughs> I'll tell you, you never kept your resolution. You were walking with your mouth and not with your feet. If your feet had cooperated with your mouth, you would not have that problem. I, I don't want you to feel bad because I'm speaking about me. That is my problem. I, I was surprised to know that I put on some weight. But then I was really not surprised. Because I'm saying, what else did I think? I did nothing to lose weight. And then I, I realized that I was blaming COVID. I said, it is this pandemic that we have to be in isolation. Because obviously you can't exercise in your house. You can't, only outdoors you can exercise. And it is a pandemic cause it because if the pandemic never come, we could have gone out of the side of my house and exercise. But because of COVID, I have to stay inside. And there's no space in my house to exercise. There's no way. So it must be COVID why I put on weight. I hate me eat so much. Because if COVID were there here, I would be going out and I wouldn't be eating so much. It's COVID. I'm trying to help you because I know you can't find a reason, so I'm giving you a good one. Amen. <laughs> but the, the priests were commanded to come to the edge and wait for God's instruction. Come on, just say that with me. Wait for God's instruction. So verse 8 says, you shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Here's what that means. They had to have faith to put their soles of their feet in the water. The waters would not stop flowing until they got wet. Until you take a step, certain things won't stop. Say it again. Until you start stepping in obedience to God, certain things won't stop. You have to take a step to stop some things. 
There are some things that are happening in your life that unless you begin to step in obedience, they won't stop. You see, what happened is that until the people took the step, the Jordan didn't stop. You have to take a step in life sometimes for the Jordan that's supposed to overtake it to stop flowing. Amen? Verse 12 and 13. Now choose 12 men from the tribe of Israel, one from every tribe. The priest will carry the ark ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, watch this, watch this. The flow of the water will cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. Here's what happened. They were downstream and when they stepped in the water, they didn't see this, but all the way upstream, something happened. Sometimes you need to take a step here and when you take a step here, way down the road, something changes. You don't see it yet, but all of a sudden, you begin to see the signs of the change as the waters begin to pile up. But the immediate step, sometimes you don't see it right in front of you what it causes. But way upstream, something is happening. Change is taking place. So sometimes when you're not seeing change, keep stepping. Because when you step, things stop. Keep stepping. Keep stepping in faith and in obedience. So it was when the priest who carried the ark stepped into the, f- into the fast flowing water, God intervened. The moment they obeyed and walked in faith, God intervened, and that will happen in our lives. The water above began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarathon. And the waters below that point flowed to, onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed, the scripture says, until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. You see, nothing will happen until you step off the riverbank of your life. It takes a step of faith. Come on, tell the neighbors to take a step of faith. This year is a year to take a step of faith. Just, just take a step. And if you die, at least you get to go to heaven. Like Israel, we all walk a path we have never been before. Each day is a new experience. No matter what circumstances you're facing, you are not walking alone. And sometimes we fear surrender. Thinking God will make impossible demands of us. Have you ever felt like, boy, I don't want to give my life to Lord now because he might ask me to do something that I don't want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to send me to the full-time ministry because God wants to send me to Africa. Listen, God will never give you something to do that he never purposed in you to do. God is not trying to make hard life, hard, hard, life hard for you. God is a good God and everything he does, he does for your best. But whatever God commands us to do, he will always give us the grace to do it. You see, the impossible becomes possible when we choose to obey God, regardless of our fears. So have you ever thought how thorough God's commands are? They did not need to wipe their feet because they walked on dry ground. Amen? So, have you identified the obstacle that is obstructing your path? Are you willing to reach beyond yourself to see God's plan and purposes come to pass in your life? What fear is paralyzing you from moving forward in God's will? The Jordan represents a turning point. It is at our Jordan we die to our own plans and ambition. Here we make a choice to face the enemies of our souls and take what God has promised us. Have you made a choice? Will you risk moving into the promise that God is calling you to possess? And the story is told um, by a, a Danish religious philosopher. 
he tells a story about a town where only ducks lived. He said every Sunday the ducks would waddle out their houses and waddle down Main Street to their church. They waddled into the sanctuary and they sat in their proper pews. The choir, the duck choir waddles in and takes its place and then the duck minister comes forward and opens the duck Bible. And he reads them. Ducks, God has given you wings. With wings you can fly. With wings you can mount up and soar like eagles. No walls can confine you. No fence can hold you. You have wings. God has given you wings. And you can fly like birds. And all the ducks shouted. Amen. And then they all waddled home. And this would happen week after week. I don't want you to be like these ducks. That you hear a good sermon and shout amen. And instead of flying, you waddle your way back home. That's what you did in 2020. Amen. That is so true. Step in faith. Focus on Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And then you, you duck walk back home. Then next week, Sunday, you do the same thing. You listen to your favorite tele-evangelist. And you say, boy, that's a confirmation, you know. Because that's what the pastor was talking about. I wonder if pastor listened to the money on a preaching sermon. And all you do, you waddle back into your bed. And nothing changes. And every day you're here, I have wings that can fly. Nothing is impossible with God. And you have not yet taken one step of faith. God has offered us all we need. But like the ducks, we are complacent. He has called you to do something great. He has predestined you to reach for your dreams. He has called you to fly. But do you choose to waddle? When looking at the challenge, you might feel like you cannot go any further. God is probably expecting too much of you. That's what you think. But listen to the promise God gives his people. He says, when you're in over your head, I will be there with you. He says, when you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God. He says, your personal God. The Holy of Israel, your Savior. I have paid a price for you. That's Isaiah chapter 43, from 2 to 3 in the Message Bible. So what is the great lesson we learn from Israel today? No river is too crooked. No river is too deep. No river is too swift. But that God is able to get us through it. But there is a secret. And that secret is surrender. A life completely surrendered to the Lord will take us through the river that leads to the promised land. That's That's what God is asking us to do today. To completely surrender to Him. That's what it means to prepare your heart. 
That's what it means to focus your eyes. That's what it means to walk with your feet. It means, Lord, all to you I surrender. And all to you I freely give. Father Sang says, in your presence daily live. I surrender all. Listen, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to pray for you this morning. Get ready. God is about to do wonders among you. And all he's asking is that this morning you surrender to him. Maybe you need to surrender area of sin. Maybe you need to just surrender your whole life. Maybe you have some fears and you need to surrender. But I promise you that as you surrender, it will be no longer you who live. But Christ will begin to live in you and through you. It is then that you will be able to consecrate yourself. It will be then that you'll be able to focus your eyes on Jesus. Looking unto him, the author and finisher of your faith. It is then that you'll be able to take those steps of faith that will bring you across your Jordan and into your promised possessions. And so I want to pray for you. In fact, I want you to pray for you this morning. And so if you are here and you say, you know what? This is the first Sunday in 2021 and I want to totally surrender to God. There there are some things I know that I struggled with. There are some things I need to strip away. I need to strip off. They weighed me down. They slowed me down. They tripped me up. But I'm surrendering all to him this morning. This is my new beginning. This is my fresh start. I surrender all. If that's you this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. And let's pray together. Come on. The universal sign of surrender is to lift in both hands. So I want you to lift both hands high above your head this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. We surrender to you, Lord. With your hands lifted, just say, Lord, that as a decision of my will, this morning I choose to surrender to you. I give you all of me right now. I hold nothing back. I give it all to you. Every area of struggle every area of pain, every area of sin, I surrender to you right now in Jesus' name.
Come on, just say, Lord, I consecrate myself this morning. I choose to live with a pure heart and clean hands. So you create in me this morning a clean heart, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. I choose now, Lord God, to fix my eyes on you. I will look unto you. Not to a church, not to a pastor, not to a man, not to a woman, not to money, not to wealth. I look to you. Because you are the author and finisher of my faith. I step in faith this morning. In the name of Jesus. I have no fear. For God is with me. I have no fear. For God is with me. I step in faith. And choose. To live in faith. And not in fear. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, just clap your hands this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, just bring me down. If you're here this morning, or maybe you're watching online, let me help you. Israel had a relationship with God. He said, these are my people. He kept a promise he made to Abraham. Years ago, he kept that promise because of a relationship. The best prayers are useless if there's no relationship with the person you pray to. The most sincere prayers are useless if there is the person you're praying to. You don't have a personal relationship with them. And so I don't want you to leave here today without having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Even if you're watching online, you need a personal relationship with him. I'm not inviting you to join Church on the Rock. I want you to join the kingdom of God. For them who believe the scripture says, he gave the power to be called sons of God. And so if you're in this room or you're watching online, a very simple prayer. This is just two instructions. One, you can pray this prayer with me. And if you're here, once you have prayed this prayer, you, you indicate on the connection card you have, accepted Jesus Christ, are recommitted to Jesus, and we will contact you. If you're online, you can go on our Facebook page and you can check accepted Jesus, and we will contact you from there. Come on, just say this prayer with me this morning. Just say, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner needing forgiveness. So I'm asking you to forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Because I need a Savior. And I cannot save myself. No one can save me except you. Save me, Lord. For I need saving. I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that he was buried. But now he's resurrected and seated at your right hand. Thank you, Lord. I give you all this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Clap your hands to Jesus. Amen. Give me.